0: Hey, Enneagram friend, this is Abby Rodriguez, your certified and IEA accredited Enneagram teacher and coach. In this space, I'll give you a sneak peek into real live coaching sessions and teach you how to apply the wisdom of the Enneagram into your life for personal growth. The invitation each episode is to take on a posture of curiosity, curiosity about yourself and others so that you can shift from merely surviving to fully thriving in your everyday life. Visit my website at abbyrodriguez.com and listen into this episode to learn more. In the previous coaching conversation with our Enneagram 7, he shared these challenging moments of feeling completely disenchanted, whether that was with the education system or even these other aspects of adulthood. And we kind of explored some of those experiences, those transitions in his coaching conversation. So today in this teaching episode, I want to unpack some of that idealism that shows up for the type 7s because really it permeates a lot of aspects in how they see the world and feel in response to the world or even how others might experience them in relationships. There are many different triadic groups in the Enneagram. You see groupings of three all over the system, um, like the centers of intelligence, harmonic groups, stances, and harmony triads. And so today, I want to look at one of those groupings, but specifically at type 7 rather than all the numbers and all of the groupings. So as we unpack the idealism of type 7, I want to specifically look at harmony triads. The, that's one of the groups that type 7s fall into. And this grouping is often referred to as the idealist or sometimes the frustrated idealist. And 70, sevens are in this harmony triad with ones and fours that are also part of it. Um, and it shows up in three different ways for them, three very different experiences of, of kind of experiencing this deep longing for the ideal And this deep frustration when that ideal is not met, when their environment doesn't come into alignment with that ideal or the relationship or even themselves when they don't meet uh, this ideal, when they can't come into alignment with it. So these three numbers show up very differently. So I'm going to focus more specifically on type seven as we're kind of expounding on our previous coaching conversation. Sevens idealism has a lot to do with freedom and satisfaction, but sometimes those concepts are kind of too big. They can get too heady or feel like they're too up in the clouds. So I want to pull that down into pre- into everyday life a little bit. This idea of freedom and satisfaction for Sevens idealism can show up a lot as a desire for things to be okay, for them to for things to be good. Um, it can show up a lot as a freedom to be without limitations or freedom to be without restrictions. And it can also show up as a desire to be free from emotional discomfort or emotional pain, these tender emotions that feel really hard to process or feel really negative and the type seven structure doesn't want to experience them. Because this idealism of what could be is such a strong pull for the seven, The type seven structure naturally heightens their awareness of possibilities, and it naturally is sensitive to opportunities and to enjoyment, to pleasure, to positive information. This attention on what could be and the opportunities around to make that happen occupy a lot of the seven's energy. And and this is true for all the types. It's just different things that we have a strong focus of attention on. Um, And it's not inherently bad. It's not bad to be sensitive to positive information. But there are some challenges that can result for the type seven when there's an overemphasis on freedom and an overemphasis on satisfaction. A challenge that sevens often experience as a result of this idealism is that their type structure naturally filters out any of the negative information that would threaten their ideal, and a lot of this happens through reframing, kind of rationalizing these challenging situations or challenging experiences into something more manageable. And it's not for sevens that they fully see a problem or are aware of their feelings around it, of, of feeling sad or scared or disappointment but it's almost as if their type structure naturally puts the dimmer switch on that information so that it is not so uh, intrusive or not so invasive. It's almost like the, there's a sensitivity to positive information and a dimmer on negative information. Sevens think so quickly that they can literally outthink problems or rationalize negative information or uncomfortable feelings before they have to fully experience them. It's like sevens' momentum and thought process is so quick that they can outrun reality. The problem, though, is that you can't outrun reality forever. And eventually it catches up, whether you experience some kind of you know, life-altering diagnosis and there's this instant halt in your everyday rhythms or maybe a significant relationship falls apart or maybe something goes wrong and you can't think your way out of it. It it just sucks and there's no way around it. It's just a hard season or a hard moment or a tumultuous relationship. There's no way to, to really uh, make it more positive, or for there to be a silver lining that makes any difference. It just sucks, and it it just is. So these are often the moments when the optimism kind of gets shattered for the type 7, or um, we use the phrase of like the rosy colored glasses get cracked. And when reality hits you like a ton of bricks, and you can't will yourself to find the silver lining, it just sucks, and it's just lonely, or it's just sad or just disappointing or you just feel scared or insecure. Again, these more tender emotions tend to surface. Because sevens are often so unpracticed at experiencing uncomfortable emotions, Sevens can have a really hard time when these big experiences come because it's almost like they're a fish out of water. They, They have no idea how to breathe in this environment when the ideal has been shattered or when it feels like the world is falling apart or even like the walls and limitations are closing in. And so their type structure is naturally reframing all these smaller moments of uncomfortable emotions. So when the significant moments occur They don't have practice. They have no idea what to do. And if this is happening on a really subconscious level and they're not even aware of how trapped they feel by their emotions, um, they tend to just escape. So if there's something going on with a relationship and they don't realize all of these uh, emotions that are coming up around it, they might just leave the relationship or quit on the relationship. They might just leave the job or leave the faith community, whatever it might be. If they're not aware that they're starting to feel um, these tender emotions kind of snowballing for them, their natural response often is just to escape out of it. But sometimes those circumstances or situations can't be escaped. And some sevens might instead mentally escape, escape the challenging situation in parenting or in your marriage or at work or whatever it is, um, escape mentally through enjoyment, through anticipating the next fun thing that you're going to do, or the next interesting idea you're going to explore, um, the next pleasurable thing that you're going to do. You escape into activity, into busyness. Sometimes those pleasure and enjoyment activities, um, simple things like spending time with friends or go getting a going and getting a cup of coffee can be almost this smokescreen of activity that's really masking your awareness of all these tender emotions that are, are slowly compiling for you. The strategy of escaping pain through different means of pleasure can work for a while, um, but you're still not facing reality, and the natural consequences tend to accumulate. The impact that that's having on your relationships tends to accumulate, and all of the unprocessed emotions, those tend to accumulate too. And eventually, there is usually a reckoning for sevens when it becomes too much, and they feel like they're bursting at the seams, and they they have to to face the music, so to speak. They have to address what's going on; otherwise, they will just escape and ignore it, um, and that still affects you too. Those things have lasting effects, and they also uh, that all that unprocessed emotion tends to come out sideways. So, if sevens get to this place where um, you know, it's kind of in one way or another. If the sevens aren't cognizant that this is happening and and choose to take on um, some practices to process their emotions or to slow down and to see what's going on around them, it will eventually collide with them and derail them. So, the invitation for sevens is not to stop pursuing freedom in satisfaction or to stop pursuing interests or to live in solidarity or boring lives to live these mundane existences. Um, But instead, the invitation is to invite uh, practices into your everyday rhythms to slow down so that you can fully take a look around and also look inside to have more introspective space that doesn't feel overwhelming or um, anxiety producing, but it you build up a slow, gradual ability to to do that and to be okay in solitude and okay with your thoughts and okay with your feelings. So these practices, they can be simple things like journaling. There's lots of guided journals out there. Um, it can be having a set of questions that you answer for yourself at the end of every day or even at the start of every day. It could be contemplative practices. There are tons of contemplative practices, whether that is out of your faith tradition or even mindfulness practices, guided meditation, sitting in silence, um, That that can be helpful in this even just having a group of friends that are really intentional about checking in with you and slowing you down. And you accept that invitation when they actually ask, how are you doing? That you lean into that question and you're thoughtful about what's going on in your world and and how that is showing up for you and what you're experiencing as a result of it. You know, sevens have such a quick form momentum that if you can intentionally incorporate rhythms that slow you down, um, you can create some more pause, some more pause in your daily life that really helps you build up this capacity to experience and process emotions when they arise, and, and the full range of emotions, you know, not just okay to happy, but the full scale of sadness and grief, lament, loneliness, disappointment, fear, insecurity, embarrassment, shame, right? These things that, that come up for us, not because they will become these new identifiers that forever adhere themselves to our identity, um, but, but because they're emotions that come. We honor them, we experience what's going on, we're curious about them, and then they dissipate. If that piece of it feels really challenging to even comprehend what that would look like to just allow yourself to experience emotions, um, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode. It's called Processing Emotions or How to Process Your Emotions, Um, but that's a really good resource just to experience your emotions so that they don't snowball and eventually turn into this um, this avalanche that feels hard to, to walk out away from. Okay, Enneagram friends, there's a lot more that we could unpack with our type 7s and the type 7 structure and how that shows up with idealism, um, but I think that we'll leave our t- teaching episode there for now. Until next time, friends. Hey, Enneagram friends. Right now, I am forming type groups. Groups of people that are learning together in kind of a workshop style, but they're all the same Enneagram type. And if you've never had the experience to meet with others of your same Enneagram type, I'm telling you, it's really a life-changing experience. Getting to hear from others that think the same way or that act the same way or have similar feelings. There's a lot of solidarity that comes in being able uh, to meet with others of the same Enneagram type, but also a lot of learning and growth that can happen as you are navigating life and and people have different practices or approaches that have helped them along the way. So there is an interest forum linked in, in the show notes that you can fill out to express interest in joining a type group. If there's enough interest for your specific Enneagram number, we'll go ahead and get started and, and start meeting in November. If there's not quite enough interest right away, we'll wait and meet in January where more people have a chance to fill out the interest form and and join in. There will be four sessions for your type group. We'll talk about type specific things that have to do with just your number, growth practices, awareness, -awareness, self-awareness, and compassion for your type as well. We'll talk about things like instincts and subtypes, some of the things that are a little bit more challenging to talk about when all the other numbers are present because it's just too much information to get that specific. Submitting the interest form does not commit you to joining the Group. It's just to get a sense of who's interested and how we might put these groups together. Fill out the interest form today so that you don't miss out on your chance to join the next type group.